Hello, and welcome to episode 164 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy-ho. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Stuart. Are you going to be sponsored by Nike again this, this week? Uh, maybe. Question uh, mark? So having recently edited the last two episodes, I, I think you said just do it at least a dozen times, times between the, the two episodes. So I, I, I meant to ask you, Stuart, did, did we get any reviews? <laughs> so I only just published, as we're recording, just published the episode where we called everyone out. So it'll be another week before we know. And so hopefully we get a ton of reviews, but we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. Let's tune in next week to find out. Dun, dun, dun. And also joining us today, rounding out the Fueligan crew, is Pete DeMeo. Welcome back, everybody, to this great episode of the podcast. So, Pete, how was it, man? You had your little annual trip, your man's trip. You know usually what is surrounds a football game, but it didn't this time. Well, no, usually, and we're all getting older because I'm able to speak clearly today. Usually, yeah. after one of those events, I have a hoarse voice for at, at least ten days afterwards. So, I think we're a little more tame this year than in the past. Yeah, but I made it back survive. safe and sound. So that's, I think, around I think thirteen years of a. Uh, not getting hurt on vacation. That's, that's, that's impressive. That is pretty impressive. And was that your first trip since COVID? Uh, no. So we went on a family vacation that's back right. in June. But this was wow. like the first just kind of going hanging out with friends. So you've been on two trips since since COVID started. And as I, we I talked think about I'm last week, trend. a lot of people are traveling, my friend. And that's a great thing for our industry. So... You want to set up the episode today, what we're going to be talking about? Because this is your episode, and it's very related to the fact that some people are actually traveling. According to our data, 50% are traveling, or have traveled, and more want to travel. We need to hear Melissa's jingle for that. You just threw out a stat of the week. (laughs) That was last week's stat. We can't Uh, can't double jingle. I wasn't here last week. It's too much. But yeah, Yeah. so, so today we're going to be talking about the Hunter Hotelier and how you can find new guests in difficult markets. So it's going to be a good one. It's going to be chock full of actionable data. But mainly what we're going to be doing is going over a high-level overview of an article that I wrote and posted to the website today, which is September 18th. So as, as we go through this, reference the uh, article. Yeah, so I if you want to go – a lot of fun writing this article. <laughs> it, it's it was funny. a fun read. It's full of uh, Pete-isms for sure. So if you want to go to fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 164 – We'll link to it right there in the show notes, or you can just go to fueltravel.com slash blog, follow along at home. But basically what we're talking about is changing your mindset. We've talked about this a lot on the show about how you know the, the new normal, quote unquote, that, that exists is very different to what we're used to, and the playbooks we've had in the past don't necessarily work. So today we're really going to break down what that means and get into some specific tactical things that you should be doing now in this new era of, of hotel marketing. But... Before we do that, what's going on in the news news? With hotel marketing that cannot lose, and now it's time for your news news. Wow, that's too much change, Pete. 
I, it's I too much change. I came back from vacation rejuvenated and just ready to get on the newsaroos. All right, you you can change the melody or you can add an extra word, but you cannot do both at the same time. That that, <laughs> that grates me as much as Roaz and I, I should just told everyone to pull over in their car before I blew their mind with my Grammy Award winning song. <laughs> that is too much noise. Anyway, much noise. so today's article came to us from Travel Pulse. And it's more of a press release, but it's border restrictions extended between U.S. and Canada and Mexico. So anybody who has any international travel is clearly aware that you cannot freely go and come from, you know, our neighbors to the north and south. This week, Canada and the United States agreed to extend the non-essential travel across the border up until October 21st. And uh, Mexico followed the same path as well. So for hoteliers who rely on Canadian business or Mexican business, it makes it a lot more difficult to find who your hotel, who your guests are going to be when two of your major markets are more or less cut out of your market. Yeah, but I, I would look at this as glass half full. I, I think this, and this really parlays into the, content that we're going to be talking about today in, in terms of things have changed. If you look at an average year throughout the last decade or more, the net number of people that travel out of the U.S. far exceeds the number of people that travel into the U.S. So whereas there are fewer folks from Mexico or Canada or Europe traveling here, the, the U.S. population is traveling, wants to travel, and they can't travel abroad. So they're going to be looking for new experiences right in their backyard and we know that you know three hour drive market seems to be the and, and less seems to be the sweet spot so what are you doing to take advantage of these people that wouldn't typically be your target market that maybe have a little more disposable income that they would usually spend on a on an international trip how are you going to be targeting them so we'll, we'll be talking on that a little bit today i think this is a good thing for u.s hotels overall interesting point i like it yeah Alrighty, so you want to just jump right in like a crazy cat? Yeah, let's do it. So like I said, we'll have, we'll have the link to the article in the notes as well. But what we're going to be talking about today is how you can transition from becoming a gatherer in terms of collecting your business to becoming a hunter. To put it in perspective, it really has been since 2008 with the real estate crash and everything that happened that year that hoteliers have had a really hard time finding new guests. And if you've come into the business in the past decade, you've only experienced growth. But what we're coming into now, post-COVID and a potential recession, we are going to have to fundamentally change how we go after new customers and as a travel industry, how we adapt to having more rooms for less customers. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how you can shift your mind from a gatherer mindset to a hunter and actually create the demand and fulfill that same demand. Yeah, I think this is really, really important because we really have been spoiled. It's so funny, like being retrospective on last year and talking to folks about how tough marketing was and the big challenges we faced and the reliance we had on OTAs. But there we were sitting there just throwing out a few you know, ads here and there to harvest the intent that already existed. You know, you could you could bid on certain keywords. You knew people were shopping. 
you knew that you would get, if you did the right things, the fundamentals well, you would get your fair share. Uh, but now the the share is probably smaller. You know, you, you've got to be more aggressive because if you're not more aggressive than your competition is, they're going to take market share away from you. And, and that's that's not good. So we want yep. our, our Fueligan Nation out there, our honorary Fueligans, to really take advantage of the ecosystem that they're, they're presented with today. Yep, exactly. And that's really the salient point here is in the past, you've always just been able to – expand your brand PPC campaign. You've been able to expand your your social campaigns where people are already looking for you and you're just amplifying the view that they get into your business. Now you're gonna find out that you actually have more rooms than you have demand for. And that's industry-wide. So we're gonna take a hunter mindset and this whole podcast is gonna be from you know a hunter's perspective of how can you First, create an environment where guests are going to want to visit your property or at least your website to learn and two, how you actually can bag those guests and get them to stay at your property in an ever competitive market. So to start off with, what we want to do is let's actually look at what we need to do to create a just a very target rich environment is what I'll call it. And we want to make sure that we have the fundamentals done before we ever start going out and hunting, because if anybody who's hunted knows, you actually end up spending about 10 times the amount of time preparing the environment than you do actually hunting. And what that means is from a hunter, making sure that your natural predators are gone, making sure that there's food available, making sure that there's safety. From a hotelier's perspective, it means making sure your website is completely on point, making sure your conversion funnel is the best it can possibly be, making sure that the content on your website is all ideal for answering your guest questions, making sure your booking engine is exactly where it needs to be, and everything else that goes along with the gatherer mentality of just making sure you're cross ticking the boxes more or less of what needs to be done to convert a guest. And you want to make sure that's as good as can be done before you go out and actually start creating the demand to travel in the first place, because it's a waste if you don't. Yeah. And the thing to keep in mind is, is being a hunter can be a little more expensive, like to go find people versus wait for them to come to you can be a little more costly in, in the short term. Uh, so the last thing you want is to get someone to your mousetrap and then them scurry away. You didn't catch them. Right. So you've got to make sure that mousetrap is, 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 optimized as much as it can be to catch your prey and i love that we, we're referring to the guests as prey you know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna probably lose some fans on this one but keep going you think you think so i mean we're gonna uh, ethically yeah, harvest know. how about ethically harvest your guest yeah sustainable <laughs> harvest yeah you're gonna get a call from peter okay peter this is peter yeah peter this is peter all right, would you like to take a message for Peter? <laughs> All right, so, so like I said, I kind of ran through some of those things top line, but the way I see it is we have about seven questions we want to ask ourselves before we begin. And on the article itself, it links out to, to more resources. But first and foremost, you want to make sure before you go hunting, your website is amazing, mobile first, and gives the guest all the information they need to overcome objections. 
you want to make sure that your number two, your conversion funnel two, 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 two. in your booking engine is as efficient as possible. We know that the more clicks it takes, the less conversions you're going to get. So make sure that works well and what works well on mobile. And ask yourself, does my booking engine suck? That's a great question. I didn't link to does my book, booking engine suck, and I should do that before this podcast comes out. Next is make sure you have that great content because you know if you look at the uh, Consumer Sentiment Study Volume 9, the biggest thing is still going to be what are you doing to keep your guests safe, what are you doing to keep your staff safe, and what are you doing to make that process as seamless as possible. Kind of going from there, making sure that your hotel's search campaign is running as well as possible to drive people to your site. Because can, can I just point out that you're not stating any of these as questions? You said at the beginning there were seven questions, and you've made everyone's oh. statement so far. But on that the notes, true. they're all questions. So you're confusing the heck out of our listeners right now. Uh-oh. Hey, Stuart. Yeah. Is your hotel search engine campaign running as well as can be expected and driving people to your site? Question mark. That's better. Keep going. <laughs> Are your local listings designed to engage your guest and use everything that Google or Microsoft has to offer? Anybody? Yes. Yes, they are. They should be, right? Yes, yes. Number six, are you effective? Are you running an effective paid search campaign for your brand? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You don't – we're not going to abandon the gatherer mentality that we've had for the past 12-plus years since 2008. What we're going to do is augment that by adding that hunter mentality to it. And then lastly, do you have the analytic systems in place to help you understand where you should be hunting and how you can improve your strategies? Yeah. I hope so. I, I think, <laughs> so I think yes is, is the correct answer to all of those, right? But yeah. So I think you made a really, really good valid point there that, that a lot of people make this mistake and they overlook this, right? The stuff that worked before is still going to work, right? If you're running a brand campaign, if you're, if you're you know, building content on certain keywords that people are searching for, it's going to work. It's just not going to work to the scale that it once did, right? So you definitely have to continue to do the things that work. And in addition, you've got to do this extra stuff. So it's not in, in place of, it's not replacing what you did. Because I think a lot of people make that mistake where they kind of jump onto the next bandwagon or the next trend and they neglect something that used to work. Email is a great example of that, right? There's so many people that come to us and are struggling and we talk to them about what they're doing. They used to have great email campaigns, but they kind of let that go by the wayside because they've jumped onto other stuff. Like they're too focused on maybe Facebook or something like that. It's like, no, do your fundamentals well first, then jump into this other stuff. So great point, Pete. Exactly. So the way I have this broken up is once you've answered those questions in the positive, you're ready to go out and hunt. You've created the environment that is ready for you to make the most out of. And I think you mentioned this earlier, Stuart, spending a little bit more money and expecting a little bit lower return on ad spend, ROAS, than... ROAS? Yeah, no, 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 no. ROAS. ROAS. <laughs> Because you're actually having to create both the demand and harvest that demand instead of just the second half of the equation. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over five hunting strategies that you can use to help create that demand 
and drive more guests. Let's, Let's go it. hunting. All right. Ready? Number one, 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 one. Work your owned assets. And by owned assets, what I'm talking about is your emails, your databases, your phone list, everything else that is actually owned by you that you've cultivated over the years. You do want to make the most of that, but what you want to do is add the machine learning and the AI on top of it to make sure it's as effective as it can be. You know, a good example of that might be your email campaigns. You know, creating a re-engagement campaign to anybody who stayed in the past but not stayed yet this year. You know, that's a good example of that demand not necessarily being there and you working to create that demand. I've got Missy Elliott's work it in my head now because this is work it on assets. <laughs> if it's in your head, you have to sing it. I think yeah. again. Please. This 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 is kind of like the twerking of, of the the strategy, right? It's working your assets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. twerking yeah. your assets. We got it. Yeah. Let me, let me so, give you an example of that, though. And this is for you know, you're going to give us an example of twerking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's doing, doing it right now. Everybody. You guys just can't see it. Yeah. Well, no. So we have a a client who specializes in golf packages, and we sent out an email last week to everybody who requested a vacation estimate but did not close. That email had a 37% open rate and made the phone lines light up mm-hmm. because you had people who had previously had that desire to travel, but with life, with COVID, with everything else, it's kind of fallen off. And a lot of times what you need to do is just remind them that they enjoy staying at your property to get them back in that vacation mindset. Yeah. Yeah, and we're, you know, you touched on the machine learning component of it. So the CRM that, that we use, that we have, is one of the one of the really neat features it has, and how it uses the AI is it will recognize patterns of behavior. So if if it automatically detects that people that, that exhibit these behaviors, they visit these pages, they they click on these type of ads, they maybe interact with this kind of content on on my emails, we're we're beginning to see that those folks a booking at a higher rate. Well, we might want to go and aggressively automatically retarget those people with specific content that we know nudges them further down the funnel. So that that's where it gets really complicated and you can't manually do every single segment of people in, in, in their own custom funnel. But if you let machine learning kind of take over, you can. You can give everyone an individualized experience that's going to push them towards conversion. So you know, not it, it's not right for everyone, and it, you've got to make sure you're doing your fundamentals well first. But if you if you're at that level where you're really milking your email database uh, to the max, then then something like this could be a little extra boost that you need right now. Absolutely, and I mean, that brings me to one of my next owned asset strategies is working your direct mail database. That is only effective if you do get hyper personalized though. Because you know, if you say, hey, let's just go ahead and blanket our whole database, you end up spending tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, sending out to leads that aren't effective. However, if you look at people who say canceled a vacation since the beginning of the year, if you look at people who typically would travel and you create a personalized direct mail piece to them talking about their past days, their past rooms, everything else – it can be a very effective strategy, even in the 21st century. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're really smart, you're sophisticated, you have a CRM that, that, that can handle this, 
you kind of tie that together so that you're, you're monitoring online behavior. And when you see that someone comes back to your website or has been on your website and hasn't gone on the book, maybe you trigger a quick personalized postcard that's automated. You know, it, again, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's sophisticated. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it's the kind of tactical thing you need to do right now because your competition's not doing it. And that's one of the reasons why direct mail is more effective today than it was maybe five years ago because everyone's cutting back and, and one of the places they're cutting back is direct mail. So there's less competition, less noise. You're more likely to get noticed. You can you can also pay, uh, pair that direct mail with IP targeting. A lot of those, a lot of IP targeting options have a direct mail component where, you know, if you're sending them this person a piece of direct mail, you can also target their IP address and send them ads online uh, that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. And I think that's actually one they left off here is making sure that you're tying it in. As Melissa would love to say, an omni-channel approach. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the same goes for your, your phone list, which are incredibly important. But then even going down to just creating the content and engagement tools for your social followers. Because you, you do want to make sure that you're using all your assets. And if you have a, a great social following, you, you nudge them along. You know, They're following you. They may not be getting all of your posts. But it is worthwhile to to keep that strategy up and try to convert those people who had an interest, either now or in the past, to becoming a more active planner of a vacation. Yeah, and you kind of breezed over phone lists. I don't want to bury that one because it it's one of the most undertapped uh, opportunities in the industry, especially now. The people that have called your your call center and for whatever reason didn't go on a book, call them back. The outbound phone call is one of the most powerful tactics you can implement in the hotel. If you don't have an outbound call strategy, it you're literally leaving tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table right now. So, and it's it's definitely the most personalized strategy you can take. You mm-hmm. you can create a one-on-one connection with that potential guest. Yep. Yep. We're in the hospitality business. It's about connecting people. It's about relationships, and the phone is the best way to do it. We you know, it's funny because we're a digital agency and we pride ourselves on our digital digital chops, but sometimes the good old-fashioned phone call is the most powerful weapon you have. Absolutely. And then lastly, in that owned assets category, and this starts creeping a little bit toward the gatherer mentality, but make sure you're still creating the content that guests need because if you look at the data in our the ninth edition of the Consumer Sentiment Study, or honestly any of the other ones, the number one concern is guest safety. Keep writing that content, keep creating that, I guess, faith that your property is doing everything it can to keep guests safe, because that's the big hurdle that guests have to get over. And if you can help them do that, they're going to be much, much more likely to pull out that credit card. And, and, right. and other content as well. Make them make them feel like they're going to have a good trip. Let them know what's open nearby, uh, what restaurants they can go to. Remember, we always say it, you know, no one's coming to your destination just to stay at your hotel. They're, they're coming there for other reasons. They want to do other things. So let them know what's out there. Yeah. And, and I think if you combine those two, Leveraging video and photography right now to tell stories of people that are having great trips, that are experiencing the destination in a safe, responsible manner. That's the thing that's going to move the needle. There's so many people 
that if you look back at last week's episode, we talked about the sentiment study and the question, what would persuade you to to travel right now? Only 16% are now saying that they they couldn't be persuaded to travel. That means 84% of people could be persuaded. And one of the most persuasive things you can do is show them people having a great time. Show them that it's safe. Show them the reality of your, your property right now and what it looks like. So you should be taking videos every single day of guests and having them talk about the experience and how happy they are at the, the extra cleaning and the extra steps you're taking to keep them safe. The more you do that, the more likely you're going to get people to, to convert. That brings us, I think, right in line to hunting strategy number. All right. So number two is proactive social campaigns. So this is where we kind of really start to diverge from that gatherer mentality of working the the assets, the databases, and everything else that you already own, and going beyond that. And you know, social campaigns are great. A lot of times, people use them already to connect with their existing guests or fans or followers. But there's so much more beyond just the the fan side. Facebook and all the other platforms have what they call lookalike audiences that allow you to upload as little as 100 users of your current guest and have the algorithm look for people who look just like that person. And then you can create any number of tailored marketing campaigns to specifically those that segment. The best part is, though, is that segment looks exactly like your ideal guests. And you have a much higher chance of putting the, the seed in that person's head that, hey, it's time to travel. And when you're ready to travel, my resort is the perfect place to go. And there's a perfect use for those videos to show them what safe travel looks like. And, you know, showing them people like them are traveling, being safe and having a good time. Absolutely. So strategy number one, number two is you know, a little bit thin in terms of the discussion point, but make sure you're not forgetting that social campaigns do go beyond just your followers and it's the entire globe. You have so many people out there that are ready to hear your message, but use the algorithms and use the AI behind Facebook and Twitter and everything else to make the most of what your message is. All right, everybody. Moving on to number three. Hey, can I just kick this one over to Phil? Because I feel woefully inadequate to talk about expanded PPC campaigns. <laughs> you can, Pete. I'll take it. Um, so Pete and I were talking about how, how to use PPC as a, as a hunting strategy. And there are, there are quite a few ways you can do that. Um, we came up with four that, that we, we really liked here. Um, number one being uh, top of funnel campaigns. So this would be someone searching for hotels near your location or hotels near a you know venue near your location. Um, just creating interest for someone who maybe not who might not be looking for your property specifically, but is looking for things around you. Um, you can you can bring those people in that way. Uh, another one we've been talking about a lot recently is, is getaway and staycation campaigns. Um, people might be early in their decision process still look just looking for things like weekend getaway or staycation. As long as you have your geo-targeting set for those type of campaigns, 
to, you know, for, for a staycation very close to your hotel or a weekend getaway, probably a two to three hour drive market is, is fine. Radius targeting. Um, you can target those type of people. Uh, you won't be wasting a ton of money because of the, the close targeting, but you can gather those people who are early in the decision process. Um, and another one was uh, competitor campaigns. This one can get a little dicey and, and it doesn't always have the best return on ad spend, but again, you're a hunter, so get out there and hunt your competitors' prey. <laughs> um, but bidding on your uh, competitors' keywords. So you know, if there's a competing hotel nearby, bidding on their brand name um, and showing your ad there instead when someone's looking for your competitor can bring in a guest that you might might not have had, um, but pointing out the things that you do better, the, the differentiators that you have, whether it be, you know, specific amenities or, or even, you know, just is your rate better than theirs? You can you can point that out in the ad copy, and it doesn't have to be a competing hotel either. Uh, it can be you know, we're all competing with Airbnb and VRBO, so if someone's searching for a one-bedroom Airbnb um, in in your area. It's. I think it's perfectly fine to to run an ad there and, and try to get them to stay at a hotel. But again, point out your differentiators and why you're better than an Airbnb. You can talk about your cleaning process and, and things that people care about right now. But, um, but, I think. Good, sir. Well, I was going to say this overall. Just the paid advertising strategy needs to to shift to be more aggressive. Uh, you know, a lot of people we come across they're not necessarily maximizing their their spend, their budget. Right? They they have. Uh, impression share is, is often low. Maybe they're only on Google. They're not on Microsoft. There are other other keywords that they could expand to. I, I, I think what, what you're kind of going through with this is the, the campaigns you've had running uh, are good, but make sure you're maximizing those, spending every penny you can, and then, then expand beyond that even more. Because what we know historically through every downturn in every society, through the history of ever, the people that advertise more aggressively through a downturn are the ones that come out the other side with massive gains in market share. So this is not any time to be sitting on the back seat and, and saying, we'll wait until things recover. Now's the time to go out because every guest you can get to come, that's someone else's email address you have. That's someone else that can talk positively about you. There's someone else that might come again. Th these are the things you need right now. You've got to get heads in beds and being more aggressive with paid advertising is one of the best ways to do that. Yeah, yeah and, it's a good point, though, because I, I kind of missed that in this article in that make sure you're maxing everything out because what we're talking about from a hunting strategy perspective is inevitably going to have a lower return on ad spend than you would get if you were just doing the harvesting intent type strategies, right? So you do want to make sure you're doing that first before you go into the hunting strategies because like with a competitor campaign – you have to expect that your competitors are seeing that you are now bidding on their campaigns or bidding on their terms, and they're going to come back af out after you. So you you can have to expect that, and you have to make sure that you're doing everything you can before you start stepping on your competitors in such an overt fashion. Yeah, and and I think I think just one last thing we really want to point out here uh, in talking about the PPC campaigns, and we've talked about it a lot in the past. I think we did an entire episode on it, but Refining your targeting is going to be so important here. Uh, making sure you're hitting the the right searchers at the right time in the right areas, 
Um, it's it, it's so key in these. What, like Pete mentioned, they tend to be lower ROAS, so you don't want to be blowing a lot of money on people who aren't going to stay with you. So refining that targeting can can really hit the right guests and and, and will bring in more uh, more revenue in the long run. Yeah, you got to keep a focus on that ROAS. You mean the ROAS? <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> I All just, right, well, that brings us to... Wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. I've been trying to say something for 10 minutes. <laughs> Is it about strategy number one? No. <laughs> I want to go back to the top of funnel campaigns and really knowing what success looks like for those type of campaigns. Because as you've just said, the ROAS is probably not going to be spectacular. As a matter of fact, you may be lucky just to break even on those type of campaigns. So you need to be looking at secondary conversion points that can bring the guest back. So making sure you're collecting that email when the guest hits your website, because they don't know that they're ready to stay with you, but they've just been to your website. Get that email so that you can either retarget them via email, make sure that your Facebook pixel is set up so you can retarget them on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, so that you are constantly getting back in their face because the chances are from that type of visitor, they're not going to book on that first visit. You're going to have to get them back to the site. And, and I think that's a really important point, Melissa. And you may want to use a dedicated landing page for those very broad keywords, the, the hotels near um, your city or hotels near a venue. Uh, if you're sending them to a specific page, create an audience of visitors to that page, and then you can use that uh, audience for retargeting later on. Now I'm done. You may move on. You need All to sharpen right. your elbows and jump in quicker. <laughs> no, it, it's an excellent point because we do talk a lot about this in terms of the traditional conversion funnel. But we have to also have to understand that for early funnel, an email address is phenomenal. Oh, or even like Phil said, just, just being able to tag someone that's interested so you can then target them on other, other systems, you know, through Facebook pixels, through remarketing list of search ads, whatever it is. Absolutely. So, okay. Well, on to number four, 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 All right. So we're going to get into some serious hunting strategies here and create partnerships. So this is looking for the true new guests who are not necessarily always staying, you know, at your property. You know, a good example is, you know, animals don't hunt alone nor should you. You know, the way I see that is, you know, if you can create partnerships both in your community and outside your community, it gives you a great opportunity to drive guests to your property before they ever get to the web where they're going to be exposed to all your competitors. So a couple ideas here, and each of your individual markets will really dictate how, what type of partnerships you create. But I feel like all four of these items will kind of fall into whatever your market is, plus whatever else you want to add to it. And the first one is venue partnerships can be so, so important for you because it gives you the ability to reach out to somebody at a concert venue or attraction or golf course or whatever else it might be to head the people visiting that venue off at the pass and get them to choose your property during their shopping process. Because if they're like Melissa said earlier, nobody comes to your 
property to just stay at your property. They're coming for what's around your property. Yeah. So think about this, right? This is win-win. So take take a event place that, that is currently open and, and has people visiting in a socially distant and, and responsible manner. One, one of the challenges they're facing is the same challenge you're facing, which is people are scared. So maybe you can collaborate and work together to create some kind of content that reassures people that both the venue and the property that they would stay at is going to have their back and is going to take care of them. So maybe you could you could put out some content on their site about the 10 things you're doing as a, as a property to keep them safe. And maybe they could put content on your site about the, the, the things to do while you're in town that are safe. And here's a venue that has things going on that is doing these things to keep you safe. So that's the kind of collaboration that you need to be looking for because it helps you, it helps your partner, and ultimately it helps the guest. Absolutely. Yeah. Create that, create that um, official hotel of, or you know, official accommodations of whatever whatever said venue is. Um, that can go such a long way with people that are looking for that specifically, and then happen to see you as the official hotel of. They will more times than not come to you to at least check your rates and hopefully book. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So next one would be business partnerships. And we've talked about this in the past, but we see that business travel is going to be on the decline. Everybody's had a chance to test drive using Zoom or Skype for virtual meetings, and it's worked pretty well. But corporate travel still has a real place in most hoteliers' portfolio. So look around you and figure out where that corporate travel exists and what you can do to negotiate competitive rates for them to stay at your property while they're traveling. Yeah, so if you look back at last week's episode when we talked about the uh, sentiment study, and one of the questions we asked was what was the reason that you traveled uh, for people that had traveled, and and again, over 50% of people have traveled since COVID began. I I forget the exact number. It was like 7 or 8% of those people um, said that business was the reason that they traveled. So business travel, although it's a lot smaller than it was, is happening. It's you just got to find it. And it, yeah, it may be different industries than it always has been. So it's time to get out there, be a hunter, and figure out what those are. Yep, and, and that takes us right into the next one, which is competitor partnerships. And I think a lot of people may overlook this one, but it is com- com- very, very valuable. So if you let's say you're a economy property, it makes a lot of sense to at least reach out to a luxury property in your area because inevitably both of you are going to get guests who are looking for luxury property but came to your economy property or vice versa. And if you can create that partnership where you're sharing leads back and forth, you it's like Stuart said, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. So competitor partnerships is definitely something I would consider as you're heading into the hunter strategy. Mm-hmm. They should make a Christmas movie about that, where a competitor sends people to to their competitor. They should. Surely it's on the whole channel already. It's got to be. <laughs> and lastly, we have out-of-market partnerships. So go ahead and grab those people before they ever visit your destination and work with major companies who would be willing to send people to your destination and work out a program where if it's a contest, if it's a promotion to where 
top salesman for X company gets to visit your property. At least what you're doing here is you're getting in front of those customers and exposing your brand and your destination to somebody completely out of your market, preferably a market that you see a lot of traffic from already. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing about travel, right? It, is it is If it's good travel, it by nature is viral because people want to talk about their travel experiences. So now is the time, especially if you're really slow and you don't have a lot of business, that you want to be a little more generous, maybe do some contests and giveaways or, or deep discounts with some, some of these types of partnerships to get a handful of people traveling. Because again, if you get that one person from that local town two hours away that wants to travel, they're going to go back. And then if you encourage them to share that on social media, to tell their friends, you might get another one or two. You know, And if for every guest that comes, you can convince two more to come, you're doing great. That just snowballs into the point where you're going to have a lot of guests again. But you've, you've got to prime the pump. You've got to get the first people, those early adopters to travel so that they can model that behavior for people that, that are maybe going to be a bit lagging behind because they're a little more fearful than those, those more risk-taking people. So get people in your hotel. Make sure they have a killer experience. Just like always, that word of mouth is going to be what leads to new business. And you, and you can pair this type of thing with the venue partnerships we talked about earlier. So if you're giving away the stay to you know an employee of the month or whatever, um, have them also be able to attend something at the venue you're partnering with, and everybody benefits. You know, all, yeah. all ships rise with the, with the waters. Yeah. Yep. And, and here's a good example of that. Here in Myrtle Beach, we had a resort called Spring Made Beach Resort. And it was a, I believe it was a sewing company that built this resort for its employees as an incentive and as a place to go. And this, this goes back years and years and years, but you know, imp- large companies are always looking for ways to reward employees. And this is just a perfect example of kind of how you can create that and give them the opportunity to have a place to send their guests or their employees to, to make the most out of it and kind of reward them for hard work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a double tree now, but you're right. It is. Historically it was created as a, I'm not sure what the industry was, but yeah, it was a factory that they would send their employees here for the summer, which is great. So if anybody from Kimpton is, is listening to this and they want to partner with fuel for (laughs) (laughs) for our employees, that'd be great. Yeah. For the analytics director of the month to come stay. <laughs> Man, we, we do not do shameless plugs on this on this show, Melissa. I can't believe you did that. Sorry. That is so self-serving. Sorry. Wait, wait when are you going and when do you want your room comped? <laughs> if anyone from the Asheville area that works at Kempton there um, does listen, they need to really look at their, um, their guest list for October because Melissa will be there so <laughs> with Aurora yeah to be fair you're going to rave about it regardless of if they did anything nice for you or not but yes or maybe not <laughs> yes, maybe you'll come back saying it was a horrible I, I, I experience Melissa's drinking the Kool-Aid from Kempton so hard that you know if they, they had roaches crawling over her in her room she'd be like that's fantastic it's yeah, pet friendly it even the <laughs> friendliest yeah. roaches ever yeah. they're dog friendly roaches we but you know isn't that what we want friend. from all of our guests is to have loyalty. that type of yeah. loyalty that's real loyalty yeah for sure so, 
Blind and let's talk water. about strategy number five 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 five. All right, finding new opportunities. So this is the catch-all. Uh, and Stuart, I'll let you speak to kind of our, our corporate, you know, philosophy and our culture here. But fueligans are known for being scrappy and looking for opportunity where none currently exists. And I think as we move into that hunter mentality, you're going to also have to do that as well. You know, you have to realize that you've decided to hunt in a certain place and your prey is not there. So you need to realize that, realize that quickly, and then move to someplace else. So keep your eye open. Look for that first mover advantage. Look for that new opportunity where you can invest in a technology that will give you amazing returns in a new entirely new atmosphere yeah so let, let me kind of make that a little tangible right so yeah, I, was, I was gonna hand that one over to you there Stuart. yeah so i i think the big thing that everyone listening right now needs to be aware of and i think it, i think it's going to happen naturally because because you're the type of person that listens to podcasts but it's critically important that you spend enough time educating yourself right now because what we knew, even though we're in digital marketing and, and it, it changes at a rapid pace and we, we try to keep up, we're going to have to do that at an extremely accelerated pace right now because consumer sentiment and behavior is, is changing. The rules, the regulations are changing, what's working and what's not. You know, The levers we pull, the buttons we push are completely different today than they were a month ago and will be different again. So one of, one of the things that I, I would encourage everyone to do is when it look when you're looking for inspiration and other ideas is immerse yourself, right? Look at look outside of what you're you you already know to learn new things. So go sign up, find a handful of properties that you you know have done good work in the in the past or look at places like HSMAI and see who are the, who are the agencies or who are the hotels that have won a lot of awards for innovation and things like that. Go sign up for their emails, go go subscribe to their social channels and watch them like a hawk. Like part of hunting is being a great observer and being patient and waiting for that perfect time. And so you going out and signing up for other email addresses, you might have to or other email newsletters from other competitors in and outside of the market, you might have to wade through 50 crappy emails because there's a lot out there before you get that one that just gives you that piece of information. Ah, hallelujah, that is a great idea. I can borrow that idea and change it a little bit and make it work for us. But you've got to spend time doing that stuff right now because if you don't, you're going to be left in the dust. Another another great place to do it other than other properties and, and agencies is to go and get heavily involved in your local chamber and your local hospitality um, organization, whatever that is. Different cities have different ones. Get involved in your local chapter of HSMAI. Go network and connect with as many people in the industry in similar roles to you as possible. It doesn't cost you anything other than time. Uh, most of those activities are being conducted virtually right now, so you don't even have to travel or expose yourself. There's no risk. You, there's a lot of these kind of um, drop-ins that HSMI and other places are doing. And every single time I join one of those or, or I listen carefully to what other people are saying, I pick up one or two little nuggets that I can then go and apply to the campaigns that we're running for a lot of other clients. So 
get inspired and the best way to get inspired is to go and, and follow and listen to a lot of other smart people because you're not going to come up with all the ideas on your own in a vacuum. You've got to go go figure it out on your own with the help of others. So, Well said. You know, I know I was going to wrap that up with it's a, it's a quote by Henry Kaiser. And he said, problems are only opportunities in work clothes. So spend your time looking for problems. I've never like been that, more proud of your cheesiness. It's a phenomenal quote. And keep in mind, this came from the early 1900s or something. But uh, look for your problems. Look for your guests' problems and solve them. And then everybody else who has that same problem is going to flock to you to solve their problem. You that know what could be- Henry Kaiser did? He invented the shit right. If he, okay. if he built ships, he okay, built Tim ship wrecks. Sorry. <laughs> Throwback Thursday. That, that, was, that was needed. So. But yeah, so that's the five strategies to become a hunter hotelier. That's great, man. Well, I mean, it's it's different, right? Everything is different. We've said this before on the show. You've got to approach your job today like it's a brand new job that you've not been doing. Whether you've been in this job for two months or 20 years. You've got to approach it like it's brand new with fresh eyes, fresh ideas. Obviously, leverage the knowledge and experience you've had, but don't rely solely on that. You've got to look for new opportunities, new things. Because I tell you one thing, 100% sure, people are not behaving the way they used to. And, and so you've got to change your approach if you want to go hunt them, slaughter them, and then eat them up. Because that's what Pete wants you to do with your guests, apparently. That's exactly what you should do. Yeah, but don't tell people you're going to do that that, because that they probably won't want to stay with you. But short of that, they will. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff, man. Well, again, you can get these notes for this in the the original post that Pete made. With I I must say, Pete, you you've done a lot of good graphic design in your years, but the the image associated with this blog post might be my favorite that you've ever done i, I don't By even a think mile this is the favorite we've ever seen from pete yeah thank I don't, you thank I, you thank you i don't know do you want to try to describe what you did? no no or do you don't. just want people to go no. find it they have to go see it okay so go to fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 164 and and then you'll see the link to the original article which which is also available at fueltravel.com slash blog and it, it's the article about hunters and gatherers. Uh, it's it's genius, Pete. It's just a genius photo. So, <laughs> thank you. And, well, and yeah. they can't see it until they see it. That's that's the no. Story. That's the thing. It took me probably. I didn't notice it to start with. It, it took me probably ten fifteen seconds before it hit me, and I was like, ah, oh, that's really funny and clever. So, and he, he also has a little uh, a little description there. That you must read in David Attenborough's voice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on 164. Um, I, I might go ahead and add the image on that page too, just so that people can, if they, you know, they don't see the link or whatever, they can, they can see the image straight away. Well, that was good, man. Uh, we don't have any housekeeping this week. Hopefully next week we will because folks are going to yes, start we do. leaving sure, we have a plethora of reviews. Oh, we do? Yeah, I stand corrected. We have housekeeping. Yeah, so, keep the house, uh, sir. Keep the house. I'm I'm keeping. Uh, to keep our house and to keep uh, keep all you guys listening, you all need to go leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> wow. You don't think we haven't at home enough last episode? Well, this could be somebody's first episode that they're listening to. Such well, a good point, true. Melissa. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, they better mean. Uh, we, we, otherwise, I'm going to wonder if there's the stats that show these people that are listening to us from across the globe are, are, are falsified <laughs> somehow. Fake stats. I don't know. Well, I think I was literally the last review that w- was left, so that that's fraudulent. And mine was just a tongue-in-cheek poke at Pete. So we need some real ones, some authentic ones. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. You know, we we are here to serve you. We want uh, your ideas on content. We want your ideas on you know features that you want us to do. If you love the jingles, if you hate the jingles, whatever it is, just let us know. We, we and if you we'll want do a Pete better to job. read it in an accent, he will. That's the only <laughs> way you can get me to read an accent. No, pretty much, Pete, if we tell you to do something, you do it, because you're, yeah, you're a sport, true. man. You're game for most things. So, really appreciate it. It's 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 the can-do attitude that gets you, makes you successful at fuel. You know, it's part of the fueligan DNA, along with scrappiness. All right, so Pete, good job on the episode. If they want to find you, learn more about all the things you have going on, where can they do that? Well, Stuart, they don't have to look any further than Twitter. And I'm at pdimeo, P-D-I-M. A-I-O. <laughs> Thank you, Peter DeMayer. I appreciate You're welcome. the form- formalness of that. Formality, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. And Melissa? I'm not even going to bother with my Twitter anymore. I think Twitter in business is dead, so just find me oh. on LinkedIn. And it's Melissa Cavanaugh with a K and no U. Is, is, it, is it dead like SEO is dead, or is it actually dead? Hey, SEO is not dead. That's what I mean. Is it dead like SEO, or is it actually dead? I think it's dead like SEO. It's just dead to me. Okay. That? Yeah. yeah, I don't really use Twitter as much as I used to at all. I, I kind of scan it for humorous things, but yeah. And, and I might post a question every now and again, but yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to communicate these days. Phil, if they want to communicate with you, what's the best way? Telepathy? Yep, that sounds good. Let's just do it that way. So, or you can use or you can use Twitter uh, at pforiska, P-F-O-R-I-S-K-A, or LinkedIn works too. Probably respond to that quicker. There you go. You can reach me at Stuart Butler any way you want to. Uh, just shout that name out into the ether and I'll, I'll respond. You can <laughs> reach us collectively at Fuel Travel. That's fueltravel.com is the website. Info at fueltravel.com is the email. And Fuel Travel is our social handle wherever you want to check us out. We're also on LinkedIn. We post occasionally. But uh, yeah, send us your ideas. Send us your topics. What do you want us to talk about? What do you not want us to talk about? And uh, don't forget to check out Pete's amazing photo at fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 164 with the show notes. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Do you know what I miss is sliding down the railing of the stairs? That was good fun.